0: Uh, one of the things that I'd like to talk about today is the unsaved people unsaved people in this world has nothing going for them. They have nothing, nothing going for them. No matter how you see unsaved men in this world, how he flourishes in his his glory, so to speak, and you see mankind, the rich and the famous and the haves and the haves not, unsaved man has nothing going for him. All he has put his trust in is the things of this world. Temporary things, what he sees and he takes comfort in that. His physical and his material things. But what is it? It's nothing. It's nothing whatsoever. It can't save him. You can't, can't give him eternal life. He could live in pleasure for a little bit and that's all he's going to get. Temporal things, the things that his eyes can see and they have their security in the things that this world produces and for the child of god this is not what we look at we don't look at the things that are seen but the things that are unseen that those that is the true riches the bible speaks about spiritual things but for the wicked of the world he has nothing going for him he he could get he could live decently morally He could buy whatever he wants, but at the end of the day, what is going to be his lot? He's going to be destroyed. And all his hopes and dreams and his aspirations are gone. Completely burned up on the last day. And when he dies, he can't take it with him. But when a true believer dies, you want to say that we take our salvation with us because we leave this body of ours and we go home to be with Christ. And that's what the true riches are heavenly riches. And that's what the child of God heart, uh, God heart has given to the child of God through Christ. Because none of us deserve such a great blessing. The true believers were rich in Christ spiritually. Although we may have nothing in this life physically, or whatever is going on in our life, but the true believers, we look away from that. That is temporal. It's only for a moment. But when you read uh, turn to Psalm 101 verses 6 to 8. Here God speaks a little bit about the wicked. S- Psalm 101 verses 6 to 8 we read, mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, which is the true believers. God eyes are upon them that they may dwell with me, which are the true believers, may dwell with, uh, with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall Serve me. And it goes on in verse seven. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. Those are the unbelievers. He works deceit. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. And verse eight, I will early destroy all the wicked. It's what God will do to the wicked and all his possessions. I I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doors from this from the city of Jehovah. And we know that the wicked were cut off in May 21. That there is no more possibility for the wicked to get right with God anymore. And here God says He was, He will early destroy them, all the wicked, all the unsaved of the world. Uh, on that last day, which I believe is coming up very quickly upon us, they this is their lot. They're going to be destroyed forevermore, forever. All their dreams and aspirations and, and whatever is going on in this life, it's on the last day, which is fast approaching. That's it. They have nothing going on for them. So we shouldn't envy the wicked. We shouldn't want to be like them in any way. When God has saved us, we are, we call Christians because the true believers, we have taken on the very name of Christ in a sense, which we, God has given us eternal riches that is going to go on throughout all eternity and something that we'll never lose forever. But for the wicked, their, their time in this life is but for a moment. So we shouldn't cast our eyes up on what they have or what we don't have or we envy our neighbor because they buy a new car or a bigger home or they could wear the fancy clothes or they could buy this or buy that or the latest whatever. No, we look away from that. They find their security in money. You ever here the world speaks about uh, financial security. You let you let uh Wall Street start going south and it drop one day plunge and you see how the world panics. They weren't about their retirement. They were about the 401k and all the stuff that money can, can, can afford. And for the child of God, that's not where our attention ought to be. Completely not. Uh, whatever, whatever God has provided for us, whether a little or a lot, the true believers, God's elect, we are thankful for it because we know that we are not deserving of anything but destruction. And, uh, look at, uh, Proverbs. Turn over to Proverbs 23, It's another, uh, 23 verses, verse 17, Proverbs 23, verse 17, we read, let not thine heart envy sinners, God is instructing us from the Bible, let not your heart envy sinners, but be thou in fear of Jehovah all the day long. Obedience. Don't envy. The, don't envy the wicked, because the in the verse in, in Proverbs God talks about the triumphing of the wicked is short. That's it. When when an unsaved person dies, he's dead. He's 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 completely done. He's that's it. And he he leaves his wealth behind. And what good is his wealth to him as in the day of his death? It's no good. He can't take it with him, and he he leaves it behind. Uh let's look at uh twenty go over to Proverbs twenty-four, verses one and two. God is uh admonishing his true believers, be not thou envious against evil men, the wicked, neither desire to be with them, for their heart studieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. This is how God looks at the wicked of this, uh, of this world. and 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 in verse 19 and 20 of the same chapter, we read, Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked. For there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. Put out. And you know, May 21 is a key day. He was cut off there. He cannot be saved again. He that's, uh, was it for the wicked. He was cut off at May 21. He has no hope. That's it. His hope is in this life, which uh, is amount to nothing. And all is vanity. Uh, if we read in Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanity. All is vanity. What we, what we see with our naked eyes. And the true believers, we don't look at uh, 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 physical things. It's un- totally unimportant. Where you live, what you wear, what car you drive, it means nothing. It means nothing whatsoever. And uh, turn over to Psalm 73. Remember that Psalm? Psalm 73. Remember that beautiful Psalm? God gives us this, this, this description of the wicked. Verse 1, truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. So are the true believers. We're the Israel of God, and we have a clean heart, because God has given us a clean heart through Christ. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there were no bands in their death, but their strength uh, is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compass them about as a chain. Violence covers them as a garment. This is the wicked. God looks at them. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens. This is the wicked. That's what they do. There's, they have set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Because when verily I have cleansed my heart in vain, and wash my hands in innocency, for all day long I have been plagued and ch- chastised every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. The end of the wicked are going to be Destroyed forevermore. And we don't desire this on anyone. We always want to desire the best for peoples of this world. But God is telling us that about the end of the wicked. It goes on verse 18, surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou casted them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors as a dream. When one awaketh so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked at my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou guide me. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. And this is what God does to the true believer. He guides our path through this life. And at the end of the day, he guides us into his presence forevermore. And uh, verse verse uh, 25, whom have, I, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none on earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. See, the portion of the true believer's God is. God is our inheritance forevermore. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish, which are the wicked. Thou shalt destroy all them that go a whoring from thee. But it's good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. See, it, it's not, it's not going well for the wicked. Although he, he, Act as if all is well and for him, that's a good career going and God has blessed him with these physical things, but that's not where the action is. God has truly saved you. God has freely given us all things. Can't see with your naked eye now, but on that last day, you know, faith becomes sight and here the children of God, all the true elect are in his presence forevermore and the wicked are destroyed. So they don't have it. Uh, nothing is going for them. Not at all. You know, and here the true believers in this life, we're trying to do it God's way and we're misunderstood or, or trials and testing and all these things go, things goes on with it, but it's part for the course. It's for, you know, trials are a good thing for the for the child of God. Chastisements are a good thing for us. You know, one of the things it does accomplishes in our life, it makes us walk more humbly before God. That we, you know, we're totally dependent on, upon God for everything. We don't know anything. We have no strength of ourselves. We lean completely upon the Lord Jesus Christ for all things. You know, this, the thing about one of the, one, of, one of the wonderful blessings that God has given to the child of God is prayer. We can go to God with everything night or day, whether you're walking down the way, or whether you're troubled by something, or whatever the situation is, we could go to our Heavenly Father, and He allow us to pour out our hearts before Him, knowing that He He knows the situation far better than we do. The unbelievers in this life, He doesn't have that blessing. He goes to the bar, He he goes to this, He goes to that, but there is no comfort. The next day, same, he's faced with the same situation, he goes back to the same situation again and again and again and again. But if we're a child of God, we don't have to do these things. We go directly to God and we could pour our hearts before him knowing that he fully understands all things. Uh, look at uh, Job. Let's turn over to Job. Job ch- chapter 27, verse 8. For what is the hope of the hypocrite? Though he hath gained When God taketh away his soul. What is the hope of the wicked? When God, in that day when God takes away his soul. Nothing. See. Will God hear his cry when trouble cometh upon him? Will he delight himself in the Almighty? Will he always call upon God? I will teach you by the hand of God that which is with the Almighty will I not conceal. Behold, all ye yourselves have seen it. Why then are ye thus altogether vain? This is the portion of the wicked man with God and the heritage of oppressors, which they shall receive of the Almighty. If his children be multiplied, it is for the sword and his offspring shall not be satisfied with bread. Though that remain of him shall be burnt in death and his widows Shall not weep, though he heap up silver as uh, as dust and prepared raiment as as the clay he may prepare it, but the just shall put it on, and the innocent shall divide it divide the silver he buildeth his house as a moth and as a booth that keepeth keeper maketh the rich man shall lie down, but he shall not be gathered. He opened his eyes and he, and he is not. Terrors take hold on him as waters. A tempest stealeth him away in the night. The east wind carrieth him away and he departeth and as a storm hurleth him out of his place. For God shall cast upon him and not spare. He would fain, he would fain flee out of his hand. Men shall clap their hands at him. And shall his him out of his place. see this is what God tells us about what happens to the wicked. He has nothing going for him, but we, we, we live in this world, we are a part of it, and we could see how those with wealth that they are treated, and not only them, you don't have to be be rich to to desire these things because God looks at looks at the heart. He's not only speaking about the rich, but you, the unsafe man may not be rich, but he desires it in his heart. He can desire it, you know, to be rich. You know, one of the things that you can see is when the lottery hits a hundred million. You, know, you see the sick, the lame and the lazy is in the, is in a uh, lottery line to hit it big, thinking that is their answers to their problems. You know, it's so sad to behold. Because that money is their trust. They put their trust in it and they believe that they've been deceived by thinking that if I could only have more of, of this, then I'd be okay. You know, it solves a lot of my problems, but does it? No, it doesn't. It is, you're absolutely right. It makes it worse, worse. It makes this problem worse. Uh, let's look at an, another, another verse. Here God said over in the New Testament in Mark 8, another familiar passage. Chapter 8, verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with the disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose it for my sake, for the gospel's sake, the same shall save it. And what? for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So the action is on the soul. So he, he, he gained it all, but he doesn't have salvation. He's, he's, he's lost the most important uh, gift and riches there is, which is salvation. or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. You can't by salvation you can't bribe God in any way, you nothing. You can't exchange it. You know, you can't do anything about that. And it goes on in verse thirty for whosoever therefore, therefore shall be ashamed of me and in this and of my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed of when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. So the question God asks is, "What can you give in exchange for your soul?" Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. And it's, 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 God wrote it a a different way in Luke. I think it's in Luke. I think it's in Luke twelve. God worded it a little bit differently, but it's, it's, it's the same. It's the same thing. In Luke twelve, I believe, verse um, Luke twelve, verse sixteen. And he spake a parable uh, unto them, saying, The ground of a rich man brought forth plenty. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. You see, the detention is on him. Look how many times the God is going to use the word I. He's speaking to himself. You see, so... And he goes, verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, In his thoughts. In his thoughts. You know, he's thinking, he's not thinking and speaking out loud, as he's thinking about it, saying, What shall I do? You notice? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. All's about him. And God goes on in verse 18, and he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and therefore I bestow all my fruits and my goods. You see, and I will say to my soul, soul, though hast much goods laid up for many years, take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Isn't this the mindset of the world? Oh, can't wait to retire, you know, can't wait to come into my, oh, I have a case coming in my insurance settlement, you know, and he, he's, 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 he's just, he's just making all these plans and same thing as this rich man, all about himself. And this is the answer, verse 20, but God said unto him, thou fool, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. In other words, it's going to die. He's going to die. Then who shall these things be when thou, uh, thou hast provided? For, I says, so is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This is the world's mentality. Save up for my retirements. Put it, you know, build up my 401k for me, 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 me. And I've worked with several people. And they retire. I I could think of this one gentleman. Finally retired. He's been talking about his retirement. And that day finally came. And he retired. Three months after he retired. Probably just getting the first couple checks maybe. He was dead. The Lord took him. The Lord took him. Just like that. I was kind of taken back by it. Cause I, you know, was always can't wait for my retirement. Oh, you have all these plans going, but little did he know. In three months after he retired, I was going to his funeral. See how the things of this life is gone in a second. And if you are not rich towards God spiritually, what do you really have? But the world, to their blindness and their rebellion. Their heart is darkened into thinking that the things of this world will bring them them some kind of pleasure, some happiness. You hear people say, all I care about is your happiness. They're not talking about spiritually. They're talking about the things in this life. All about this world. All about this world and how sad that is. And many people in the churches are caught up in this, have the same thinking. Me, myself, and I. And they're not rich towards, they don't have the greatest riches that God has given to his elect. Uh Let's move on a little bit further. Um, and I think he said the same thing. I meant to go to Luke 9, but before we get out of the book of Luke, turn over to Luke 9 verse, uh yeah, uh, verse 25. It says, "For." For what is a man's advantage? Same thing as what does it profit as a man, but God used the word advantage here. For, for what is a, a man, a man's advantage if he gain the whole world and, and lose himself or be cast away? So God writes it in, 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 in this same, same idea there. And it says, for whosoever shall be ashamed of me, and, and and God goes goes on. But see how he he writes it there in verse twenty five. The same idea: for what is a man's advantage if he gains the whole world and lose himself, or be cast away, He's cast away forever from 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 God forevermore? So he is profiteth nothing. He has gained; he hasn't gained a thing. You see. Uh Let's move on a little bit further. Let's go back to Psalm 37. Turn over to Psalm 37, verses 1 and 2 and verse 38. Here God tells us, Fret not thyself because of evil doers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut off, be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. The green herb. And God goes on to say, tell the true believer to trust in Jehovah and do good. And thou shalt dwell in the land. He's speaking to the true believer. And verily thou shalt be fed. And God goes on. And in verse um, 38, 38 of the same chapter, he says, But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, which are the wicked of this world. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. That's their end. That's it for them in this life. Whether he lived to be 50 or 60 or 20, he's going to be cut off. That's their end of of the wicked. But for the child of God, it's a totally different thing. Look at um, Psalm 49. In Psalm 49, there we read verse 6. Psalm 49, verse 6. They that trust in their wealth. And the wicked, they trust in their wealth because money has become a god to him, and that's his trust. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. And God just goes on to talk about that in the next few 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 verses, and see. Um, Verse 17, for when he dieth, which is the wicked, he shall carry nothing away. Nothing of his earthly possession, his prized possession he has. It's all gone. He will carry nothing away with him. And it's a sad, sad end to the wicked of this world, but they're, they're blinded spiritually and they love the things of this life and that's all they can see. That's all they can see. And, uh, turn to um i think uh, ecclesiastes ecclesiastes chapter 5 turn over to ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10 to 18 ecclesiastes chapter 5 verses 10 to 18 he that loveth silver is money an unsaved man, you know, he's in love with it. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Nor he that loveth abundance with, with increase. This is also vanity. He's, he, he's, the more he wants, the more he wants, he gets it, the more he wants. And he, he goes on and on. See, he, he, he never gets enough. You see, you see these athletes, so to speak, with have signed the contract with tens of millions, and this, 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 they just want more. And the world looks at them and envies them. No, don't the child of God would never do that. In verse eleven, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what and what good is there to the owners thereof, saving he beholding of them. With their eyes, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. You ever see a rich person? You know, he's always worried about somebody's trying to get him, so he's never at rest with it. <laughs> he, he's always thinking somebody's is, is going to sue him, or or you know, he he can't relax, you know, because he's so afraid of losing. What he has. And it goes on, therefore is a sort, there is a sort evil, verse 13, which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail. He begetteth the son and there is nothing in his hand. As he came forth out of his mother's womb, naked shall he return as he came. You know, to be spiritually naked in the Bible means that your sins are not covered. So he came out of the womb, his mother's womb, naked, and naked will he return? Because he got he we were never saved. He has no covering for his sin. He weren't covered with the righteousness of Christ. So he goes back naked, with nothing. It says, "Shall he return?" And uh, uh, verse fifteen, he came forth of his mother's womb naked. Naked shall he return to go as he came and shall take nothing of his labor with which he came, which he may carry away in his hand. Nothing he he takes away with him. If you are born in a rich lion family and you have all the wealth at your disposal, the day comes when you die, you take none of it with you. You'll leave it all behind. So he carries nothing of his wealth. Out of this life with him, it's all gone. It's, 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 it's nothing but vanity. And uh, um, also in First Timothy, chapter six, in First Timothy chapter six, verse seven. For here God tells us in verse seven, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us. Be there with content, which spiritually. This is spiritually. Food has to do with uh, the gospel and the covering of Christ. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men into destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which 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 while some after covet, uh, coveted after. They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And here God in verse eleven is going to address the true believers, his elect, but thou, O Son of God, Son of Man, excuse me, uh, but thou, O man of God, excuse me, flee these things and follow after righteousness, which is Christ, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. God tells the true believer, get away from these things. Get away from it. Yes, we live in this life, we need a home, we need the food and these things to eat, but that's not our primary that's not our focus in life. And you look at here here in Matthew chapter six. God is telling us what our priority ought to be as children of God, if God has truly saved this person. What does God says we ought to do? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Doesn't he? Let's start reading up verse 32 in Matthew 6. And let's pick up the context, but just kind of know, see where the context is. But for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles, the unsaved, they seek after all these material things. But here God's going to tell us in verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Who will do that? God's elect. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That is our focal point, to seek first kingdom of God. That's what we should do. That's where the eternal riches are. And that's where the child of God has his his attention. As those are durable riches that God gives. Uh, In 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 9. Here God tells us. Here we're, we're, we're living in this life. The true believers. In. It's not easy to live in this life because we're we're we are in a body that is not saved as yet, and it's a bother to the true b- believers. We uh, men we're ridiculed. Remember after May twenty one, uh, unsaved men in this world that were having a ball. I remember I had a a, a sign on my van, May twenty one. I mean, you can see it a far away, and I remember backing out of my driveway, and this guy drove up my street and he saw the sign right after May 21, he saw the sign on my car, I tell you, he was laughing at me so bad. Wow. <laughs> he was pointing at my van and he was just so laughing. But none of these things moved the child of God. You know, we shouldn't be discouraged in any way. Here God tells it, First Corinthians chapter 4. It says, For I think that God has set forth the apostles last, at his word appointed to death, For we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but we are wise in Christ. The world sees us as fools. God says we are wise. We are weak. We have no strength in ourselves. Now, we're totally depending on God every every moment. But You are strong. You are honorable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. And labor working with our hands, own hands, being reviled we bless, being persecuted we suffer it, being defamed we entreat. We are made as a filth of the world and off offscouring of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons I warn you. God is telling us, if you, we're, I'm warning you, following Christ in this world is never an easy task. And many have succumbed to, the, the, to May 21. Couldn't take the ridicule. Many have gone back and apologized to their families about it. Many have caused a lot of people a lot of things. But God tells us, he's telling those things to warn us. You stand for Christ in this present, evil, wicked world, there is a price to pay. There is a price to pay. And it's not easy, you know, to live in this world as a true believer. As we see sin multiplying and everywhere around us. And and you see, we're like Lot living in Sodom. His righteous soul was grieved. And the true believers living in this world, our soul is grieved that you see sin everywhere. Everywhere you see, you see sin. And we know that God is in control of it and we shouldn't be, uh, we should just, for instance, there's a verse, if I have it written down, um, I think what verse it is, uh, first Thessalonians, I believe I was reading it last night. I think it's first Thessalonians chapter three. But yes, first Thessalonians chapter three. Verse 1, wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to to be left at Athens alone and sent Timothy, Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed hereto. Suffering for Christ is we're appointed by God first to go through it. So we shouldn't be surprised if when the things happen to us. As he says, verse 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed here unto to suffer for Christ. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even that it came to pass, and ye know. And God goes on. But for the child of God in this world, it's not easy. To It's not easy. It's not easy. When everybody's thinking that we were, we we're wrong about May 21, and many are saying October 7th is wrong, well, all the evidence that we read in the Bible, because we trust the Bible, we don't trust a man, or our own ideas is pointing to that day. And we could only teach what God has opened our eyes to. And all the evidence, the timeline and everything fits. Everything fits. So we wait upon the Lord. God will bring it to pass. I think I better stop here. But you see that unsaved man in this world, he has nothing for him. Remember in Colossians 3, God tells us, he tells us to uh, seek those things which are above, which the true believers are seeking that spiritual things. We seek those things which are eternal, not the things that we can see with our eyes. Everything in this world corrupts, everything corrupts and get old and die. But we're looking forward, as Chris saying, we have a great expectation that October seventh will be that day. It will be that day when we will be in the presence of our Lord forevermore. We can't can't even fathom that to be in the presence of our Lord forevermore in the new heavens and new earth for all eternity, and our affliction in this life is only but for a moment. And how God gives us the promises that nothing is going to separate us from the love of God. Look at the assurance God has given to us. Is the Bible true or not? Are you going to hang your whole life on God's word? True believers will. Forget our own ideas. It doesn't come into action. Mankind is going to always be against unsaved men. He's going to always be against what the Bible teaches. He's against marriage and divorce. He's against this is against everything that the Bible teaches, so that shouldn't be shocking to us. God, the Bible is the Word of God, and no one can change that. It stands forevermore. God will do what He says He will do. How we simply wait upon Him to, to 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 fulfill His promise, and you know, some you get caught up into wondering what the new body would look like. We don't know. It's an he says he's going to give us a body like unto his glorious body, whatever that is. It will never sin anymore. It's eternal. And, oh, it's bright for the true believers. This life is only a moment. It's only a moment. I could remember when I was 16. It was not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. Now, if, if, we, would, if, if we would get past October, I, Lord willing, I'd be 55 years old. So where, where the time go? <laughs> but all that in New Time, in New Heaven North will be time no longer. It's eternal. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you Lord for this time together around your word. All word. The future for the true believers is bright. Uh, we have a, a future that if it wasn't in the Bible, it would be hard to believe, but we know it is in the Bible and it's true because God has spoken it he has promised us uh, a new body a new heaven and a new earth which we will be with him to be in his presence oh lord we can't even imagine what will it be in thy presence to see our lord with him forevermore we will never sin anymore not an evil thought uh everything will be perfect we will love each other perfectly we will obey god perfectly Uh, And it just goes on and, and there he is in our presence for all eternity. Oh, Lord, we want to thank you for such a salvation. We don't deserve it, but we know that word is true. And you will bring to pass your promises. You will fulfill them, absolutely no doubt. Until then, oh, Lord, let's have us to walk very humbly before you. Once again, oh, Lord, we pray for our families and we pray for all those who are listening that you will bless them also, Bless each and of our, one of us here, O oh Lord, and we pray for Chris as he brings his study and the question and answer and the fellowship time together, that all things may be done to the praise of thy glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.